Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Locked On Blues podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network and your number one source for daily blues content. And today and tomorrow's episode are going to be a little bit different than usual. I know you're hearing me right now, but pretty soon after the intro, you're going to be hearing Tommy and Robin Leano, host of Locked On Coyotes. They did a crossover episode last weekend. I think Friday they recorded it. Um, and we're uploading parts one and two of that today and tomorrow before getting back into our normal schedule. So today you're going to be hearing part one of that interview. Um, and thanks for making us Locked on Blues your first listen every day. We really appreciate that. We got a lot of fun stuff planned. And before we get into the interview, today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked on sent you. And without further ado, let us get into part one of the crossover episode between Locked on Coyotes host Robin Leano and Locked on Blues co-host Tommy Welch. Enjoy. Welcome to the show, everyone. This is Locked on Coyotes, a special crossover episode of Locked on Coyotes and Locked on Blues as we get ready for the regular season to come. Arizona Coyotes going to be playing, um, well, their first game is in a couple weeks from now, but first time we're now in the Central Division. So we're continuing our Central Division crossover series. This is our uh, sixth time go about it, so we're almost done here. Thomas Walsh of Lockdown Blues joining us on this crossover episode. Thomas, how are you doing? Uh, not too shabby. This is my second week of my full-time job, of my one of my first full-time job uh, was this week. So a little chaotic, but other than that, I'm just happy that hockey's right around the corner and we get to talk about it uh, with you lovely people. And let me formally uh, welcome you guys to the Central Division as the Arizona Coyotes uh, St. Louis Blues have been here a long time, so if you need, have any questions, concerns, uh, want to learn how to lose 50 years in a row before winning a Stanley Cup, we're your team. So, I mean, we're pretty close to that. <laughs> I mean, maybe not uh, 50 years yet. We still have a, a couple just of— just 25, uh, Carl. Yeah, we got a couple not of decades to beat that record. Yeah, uh, I hope you—for your sake, I hope you don't make it there. Because it was brutal. <laughs> How many arena controversies have you had? Because I'm sure we're lapping everyone in the division on that. Okay. Yeah, that's probably fair. <laughs> those never get – those just keep coming, I think, what, at least once a year? At least, yeah. Shared trauma is really what brings together sports franchises and fandoms. It's just like, yeah, life is terrible 99% of the time that you're a fan. But, you know – there's that remaining 1% where things go good and you win the Stanley Cup after 50 years. 
Oh, I got to love it. Got to love it. How we're going to format today's episode, though, is we're going to go ahead and you know start off with some questions for the St. Louis Blues. We're going to ask Thomas some questions about how we expect what we expect from the Blues, and then we'll go flip things around. We'll allow him to ask us some questions about the uh, about the Arizona Coyotes, and then we'll just have a general Central Division conversation because again, Coyotes' first time in the Central Division coming up this year, so got some new opponents, but. I guess the way way to get things started is uh, the Kyrie's and Blues have already got themselves pretty well acquainted after last year. Uh, I mean, especially I mean, Thomas, you I was talking with you and Josh. Uh, we did a crossover after that seven game series, or like right before the game seven or whatever it was. Like, so we know each other pretty well by now. <laughs> Yeah, I think you guys took that series five games to two or something like that. I just know uh, the Blues were getting manhandled at that point in the season. Uh, And so obviously playing the same opponent seven times in a row is always going to bring some kind of uh, aspect of playoff capacity because it's a seven-game series. Uh, But it's in the middle of the season, so it's a little bit different. But like you said, seeing you guys so often and now coming to the Central Division, it's like, you guys were kind of a thorn in our side, especially like obviously we eventually ended up making the playoffs, but for what, four games to get swept by Colorado. So at what point are you really like, you know, what is it really worth it, you know, to just go all the way and like, oh, we made it in by the skin of our teeth uh, in a division that wasn't very good compared to other divisions and went up against a powerhouse that was expected to win the Stanley Cup. So. At the end of the day, like I said, it was it was kind of up and down season for the St. Louis Blues. Uh, I'm hoping it'll be better this season. We got Brandon Saad and Paul Bushnevich, uh, or Paul Pavel Bushnevich, uh, on the team. So I think that's going to add a lot more uh, identity to the St. Louis Blues and bring them back to 2019 a little bit more than last year's team did. I like Mike Hoffman a lot as a hockey player. I think. He's a great goal scorer, but he just doesn't really fit the identity of the Blues. So uh, I'm hoping they'll turn it around. All right. Good stuff from Robin and Tommy there. Before we get back into the action, I want to tell you guys about Direct TV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. Get rid of the clutter and the confusion. Get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required and content varies by package. Now, before we get back into the crossover episode, I want to tell you guys about a new sponsor, and that is called Get Upside. Hey, Blues fans, this is Josh with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about, Get Upside. Our listeners are making up to $0.25 cents for every gallon of gas every single time they fill up. Download the free Get Upside app on the App Store or Google Play Store right now and use promo code HOCKEY and get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back don't pay full price of the gas pump anymore get cash back using get upside just download the app for free and use promo code hockey to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank you can cash out anytime to your account paypal or an e-gift card for amazon and other brands just download the free get upside app and use promo code 
hockey for NHL. That's 50, 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank when you use code hockey on GetUpside. And, re- and we'll get right back into the crossover episode between Robin Leonio and Tommy Welch. Enjoy. So do you think it was like a, a good offseason that you guys had? Or is there moves that you would have liked to have seen them done? How are you feeling going into this year? Uh, feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good. I would have liked to see the Blues go after a defenseman, I think. Um, but solidifying Colton Pareko uh, at the deal that they did with his contract in an offseason where we saw Darnell Nurse get like nine and a half, nine mil, uh, I think was huge for the Blues. They also have Scott Prunovich, uh, who is playing as we speak, actually, uh, in the prospect training camp kind of thing. A lot of people are very high on him. He's a defenseman, obviously, so he could kind of slot himself into that position. Um, but Josh and I talked about it on our podcast all offseason long. One, like the biggest problem for the St. Louis Blues, and I know there people have a lot of different opinions about Jordan Bennington, like a lot of different opinions about Jordan Bennington. Um, and I'm not gonna be here to like change your mind about him or anything, like especially personal stuff. Like it's just kind of different. But as a goalie, I think he's talented, and I think he's a lot closer to. Uh, the player we saw in 2019 that led a team on a Stanley Cup run. Uh, in the years after that Stanley Cup run, he hasn't looked good, but I don't think it's his fault. I think he's being hung out to dry by his defense. Um, and so that's something that Josh and I talked about this whole offseason was how are we going to get guys to clear the crease and not have like little tap-in, uh, wide-open, one-on-one goals where the defense just breaks down uh, or a little backdoor tap into where Jordan Bennington just has absolutely no chance. Um, and so that's why I think for me, I would have liked to see Doug Armstrong prioritize getting the defenseman a little bit more, but if Scott Perunovich can step in and be, uh, and fulfill his expectations, because like watching that guy skate on the ice and the way that, uh, he commands the ice is, I'm not going to say he's Kale McCarr, the next Kale McCarr, but it's similar in that aspect to his skating ability. So, uh, high expectations there, high hopes with Jake Neighbors, high hopes for the new acquisitions, and it's kind of high hopes all around as a St. Louis Blues fan. But like I said, 50 years of waiting for a Stanley Cup, you're always going to be high hopes. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I was actually going to ask about Bennington because you mentioned him when, when, when you mentioned him because uh, there were a lot of people who I talked to, just general hockey fans here, you know, around the state who were like, we were questioning, did the Blues buy into him too early, getting rid of Allen and just saying, oh, Bennington's our guy. Uh, yeah, I didn't, yeah, I, you know, get that, get those full thoughts on that because, I mean, that could have gone any way. Yeah, it really could have. And I think, uh, especially with the tandem situation, I think really helped both of them when you've got Jordan Bennington coming in who, uh, like I said, Stanley Cup resume, but then Jake Allen, who I think he's kind of proven himself, especially in his role in Montreal, that he is the best backup goalie in the league, in my personal opinion. Um, so uh, moving him out and like that cap space, a lot of people talked about that contract and he was making like five mil, I think. So it, it was good cap space to kind of move him out. And I think he needed a change of scenery because a lot of Blues fans were just – uh, giving the business to Jake Allen when he was a starter here. And I don't think that was very good for his mental. So getting a change of scenery to go to Montreal, I think, was best for him. Uh, and I, I think the Blues um, putting all their eggs in their in one basket in Jordan Bennington uh, makes sense from cap purposes. 
And like I said, I still think he's the real deal. If you put a solid defensive group in front of him, uh, you don't hang him out to dry, especially in the middle. Like it's it was literally like the goals that were like wide open and broke down where Jordan Bennington had no chance on last year were like as close as you could possibly get to like the front of the net. And a guy's just standing there all alone and they he gets a wide open pass and just turns around and just taps it in or like little stuff like that. So like it's not he it's not that he was getting beat on like glove side or beat on like wristers or like five hole or anything like that. It's just there was guys being left wide open in front of the crease because we have a lot of offensive defensemen and undersized defensemen, but I think a lot of the bigger bodies. And Colton Pareko was hurt too for a little bit, so that didn't help. And then when he came back, his back was still sore for a little bit. Um, and he's obviously one of the biggest defensemen on our team and one of the best. So um, Tory Krug, love the guy, great offensive talent. He's like all of five nine. He's not going to be pushing guys around in the crease. Um, Vince Dunn was kind of the same way. Scott Perunovich is kind of the same way. So that could still be a problem. Um, but I think that was the main issue for the Blues was clearing that crease. So I think if they can solidify that and figure that out this season, which it sounds like uh, that was one of their focal points in practice and training camp was figuring out how to get guys out of that area, uh, they'll be fine moving forward. And Jordan Bennington will return to form. That's good. I know um, that's been a pretty common complaint that the Coyotes fan base has had. They get pushed around too much. They're not able to really clear the crease. Um, they weren't able to solve those issues. Uh, they just decided to blow up the team. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you about that, actually. I was like, do you guys think the team is blown up? Because I think the team is blown up. And it's like, yeah, it's yeah. pretty obvious that like they were just kind of – it, the team is blowed up bigger than I could have imagined. Um, yeah. But that's good that it sounds like you guys may have, have solved that issue. We can look back in a couple of years and steal whatever strategy if it worked. <laughs> All right. Good stuff there. One more quick break before we wrap up this part one of the crossover episode. Given a shout out to our friends over at betonline.ag. We are back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the field for another football season. And as always, BetOnline is your number one sport for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Before we get back into the action, I gotta tell you guys about Rock Auto. With the ever increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry when you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and their prices are reliably low for every single customer. They have everything you could need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So go to their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck, and write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And let's get right back into the final part of part one 
of the crossover episode between Locked On Coyotes and Locked On Blues. Enjoy. Yeah, so okay. So going off of that, I actually have a question for you guys. So obviously, I don't know like what the general consensus is for Jacob Chikrin, but I think he's one of like the premier talents and when it comes to defensemen uh, in the NHL. And I think he, he led all defensemen in goals last year, didn't he? Yeah, Something yeah. like that. Just ridiculous. So if you're blowing up the team, is that a guy who you want to build around and be like the future of your franchise? Or uh, do you add him to the blowing up and be like, we could get an absolute haul for this guy if we get rid of him in his prime uh, and just start from scratch and then just let kind of like a draft uh, young prospects and guys come in and like build a new core that kind of grows up together. Which do you guys think would be the best move? Well, the way I'm looking at it is, you know, Jacob Trickin's only 23. He's still super young. Uh, yeah. He's got a great contract. And when, when July hit, when the Coyotes decided that, they, yeah, they were going to blow this entire thing up, they were just a lot. There was a lot of discussion on which players were going to be on the block. And it came to the decision that absolutely everyone except Jacob Chickman. He was the only untouchable. So that gives you the reason to tell us that he is going to be the that on the, the face of the franchise the, for you know at least going through this rebuild and do the for, for at least the foreseeable future from going through that yeah he's got um four more years left on the contract um which has a cap head of 4.6 million like there's no reason to trade him now like you would get a haul but you know, by the time he's negotiating that next contract, the team is hopefully looking better. Uh, like if we're, you know, 26 year old Jacob Chikrin and the team is still terrible, like he'll probably get traded then because there's a whole other issue that's going on. But for now, he's on a good enough deal. He's young enough. Um, he is the only untouchable on this roster. Anyone else could go um, for at least a second round pick seems to be uh, the, <laughs> the GM strategy. If you got a second, then you can get a Coyotes player. I'm yeah. still baffled that Bill Armstrong was able to do that. Yes. I am baffled at almost everything Bill Armstrong was able to do. Like, I honestly didn't think there was a market for Darcy Kemper to be as good as what he got. Yeah, that was pretty uh, impressive. I a think Colorado's Colorado like. pretty high on Darcy Kemper too. And I think that, that uh, goalie market was dwindling fast too, to be yeah. fair. It, it could have been like just perfect timing. Um, and Colorado was just super desperate. And you get someone when they're desperate, you can get anything. But a first for a goalie and a prospect, I've never heard of that. Uh, that's, that's pretty just solid. Crazy. Yeah. It seems like Armstrong's in general just have a good time with uh, – was swindling people out of trades, huh? I mean, it must be like <laughs> just pick up the phone and an Armstrong. You're like, ah, oh. yeah. Well, well no, Armstrong your caller ID says Armstrong. Armstrong. I, he probably did. Yeah. Um, I mean, they were together. Yeah, caller ID. For a while. <laughs> yeah, dude. I when we lost Bill Armstrong as like the head of scouting and stuff, I was like, I don't know how this is gonna go because that was one of the things that helped the blues so much and i feel like why the blues didn't really have to tank for so long was because uh even in years when they would make the playoffs and have a low first round draft pick or not even have like a first round draft pick uh and their first pick would be their second pick 
their second round pick, Bill Armstrong would just always find gems, whether it was Vince Dunn in the second round, Scott Perunovich in the second round, Jordan Cairo in the second round. Like uh, these guys just, I don't, I don't know how he does it. It's like, he's just got a whole different scouting report than what everyone else is looking at. And he's like, Oh, you take all these guys, but you left this guy on the board. So I'll take him, I guess. And then he turns out to be like, an all-star or like a friend or like a top six player is just insane to me. This was our that first was- draft with Bill Armstrong this, um, this year. And there were some picks that questioned us. Maybe we'll see some of that down the, yeah. down the road. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely an interesting year. The strategy was they tended to draft older players. And I, like, I know a lot of people I was talking to, it's like, is it just because like COVID took out most of the junior leagues for a season, or or what happened with that? But uh, it could be it could be just that that they had like more scouting on them. I don't know because the whole thing with the scouting for this draft seemed really weird. It, it like everyone's. Uh, like first round picks, it, it, they could have gone anywhere from like one to thirty. So it was just I don't know that that was something I don't, I don't think I've ever witnessed with a draft before. I mean, the, we saw I think what we saw we saw a uh, goaltender like like what was it like Wallstead go from like he was projected like thirteen or fourteen, and he went to like twenty something. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, at at one point, what uh, Akurati was like supposed to be like second overall ended up going in the second round after only um a year like that was pretty crazy like it was a weird draft we're gonna look back on that one and be like what all was happening and who actually knew what was going on because i'm guessing a lot did not I bet there's going to be it's going to be one of those drafts where it's like someone in the second, third, or like fourth round turns out to be like a Hall of Famer, and everyone's going to be like, "What <laughs> were they thinking?" And be like, "Oh yeah, that was a COVID draft. Never mind, doesn't count." Oh man, like someone in the seventh round is going to be a Hall of Famer. They'll be like, "Huh? What?" It'll be like uh, Hashik 2.0. <laughs> I mean, I'm all for it. Uh, and if it's the Coyotes, it'd be fine. Uh, we we were not getting hits in our first round or any of our rounds for the longest time (laughs) and then we've since traded all of our hits so that's fun that's true that's true you got a st louis boy clayton keller oh yeah keller that's my man Uh, we uh we love to play st louis because it's like the only games where he's consistently like amazing like everyone yeah, else he, all, he always lights it up here i don't know why i guess I mean, he's from here I, I yeah it's why. the hometown <laughs> if what i ever was hometown, and... what was that line that he was playing the short leash line um who that, it was uh, him garland and... and garland Dude, I know, I know from like being around some people that were like around the team and kind of close to it. I the Blues like players hated Garland. Like he was just <laughs> such a like a pain in the ass, and he's just like he's just so good. He'd always score on us and like take the puck from people, and like I they were not fans. But I mean, watching it from like a fan standpoint, I was like. Like, I hated him, too, but it wasn't because he sucks at hockey. It's because yeah. he, he was just making all our guys look bad. And I was like, God, stop. He was <laughs> really fun to watch. Um, it was definitely a cool thing where, like, he was getting just so much physical crap throughout the season. You're like, oh, everyone on the ice has to hate that guy. Like, just, yeah. like, you don't, like, who was it? Was it McKinnon who threw his helmet at him and hit him in yeah, the face? Yeah, I think it was, yeah. And you yeah. have John Gibson um, body slam him. Oh, like, I forgot about that too. 
<laughs> like yeah. McKinnon and Gibson are not the players I would expect being like pulling no. that kind of crap. Um, no. Those are like I'd the probably... calm, cool, and collected kind of. <laughs> if you can probably... get in their heads, you're probably winning the game, to be honest. Yeah, and you're scoring goals, so like that's just a a good pesty player. Um, yeah. Jamie's uh, well, he's in a different division now, so good for you guys. Uh, yeah. And we don't have to play him as much. <laughs> All right, you all, thank you so much for listening to part one of the Locked on Blues, Locked on Coyotes crossover episode. Uh, Part two will be up tomorrow. Thanks to Tommy and Robin for recording that. I know I'm just doing some stuff in post, but it was a great interview. Hope you guys enjoyed. Part two is even better, so make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. Subscribe to us on YouTube. We got into that a little bit last week, taking a little break to get the channel set up and everything, but we're going to be getting back into posting full-time on that. So make sure you subscribe to our Locked On Blues YouTube channel. Hit that notification bell. Follow me on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. Follow Tommy at TWelcher15. Thanks so much for listening. And as always, let's go Blues.